0: I don't think if given a choice, like many of our communities or we ourselves would want to be resilient. It's just the fact that over decades, over centuries, there have been so many anti-immigrant white supremacist policies that have been lobbed at us that also extend to what happens in our home countries that really drive migration to the U.S. So it's been systematic oppression that many of us have been forced to respond to in order to survive. Then it's called being resilient. But really, I think given the choice, I fully agree that we just really need to dismantle these different systems that have been harming our communities, whether it's like militarism, imperialism, white supremacy, so that we don't have to be in a position to say like, okay, we're surviving.
1: This is Race Forward Tendaleva, and welcome to Reflections, a Race Forward podcast series. This is our limited run of our first miniseries, the National Immigrant Integration Conference, recorded October 2021. In collaboration with the National Partnership for New Americans, we have eight dynamic conversations that speak to the urgency of the moment within the immigrant rights movement heading into 2022. Let's get started.
0: My name is Ximing Chir, she, her pronouns. I work at the California Immigrant Policy Center, and I've been part of the immigrant rights movement for about 25 years now, working on policy, grassroots organizing, coalition building, also working on legal issues.
1: 25 years, Ximing. What got you into organizing in the first place, and how does that correlate to an issue that you're working on today?
0: I actually first got politicized through Asian American Studies when I was an undergrad, and it was through classes that I really learned for the first time about the history of oppression of people of color here in the U.S. And I think that just really changed my life. It really, in a lot of ways, like lifted the veil and explained so many things I'd never been able to really name or articulate. And so I think after learning about that history and that framework is when i decided it's not sufficient we also have to put it into practice and so i got involved in student organizing at that time against the anti-immigrant initiative proposition 187 in california and from there it just snowballed and it's interesting because i think so many of the issues that i learned about historically in terms of exclusion, discrimination, white supremacy, they're still ongoing today these are still structural issues that we have to grapple with and we experience as individuals but many of us are still trying to fight against those systems um every day
1: the plenary was called Hear Our Story: Asian and Pacific Islander Communities Rising. You were mentioning sometimes it seems to take extreme acts of violence to get to these conversations. Tell us more about that and what you thought about the National Immigrant Intuition Conference making the space.
0: Right. This is the first time at the conference that there has been an AAPI specific plenary. And I, I think in large part it was in response to the rise in anti-Asian violence over the last two years during COVID. And so it's interesting that it does take these moments of extremity when issues are highlighted much more in the public sphere and Violence Against Asians has been on the news pretty regularly for this topic to even seep into the consciousness uh, of a lot of more immigrant rights organizations. And I think that speaks to just how invisible in many ways AAPI experiences are on a daily basis within the larger immigrant rights movement, which often is primarily focused around the lens of being Latinx and experience of Latinx immigrants.
1: What would you say your three top priority issues that you would love for there to be more focus on?
0: For me, some of what I want to see focused on more is, one, really talking about the concept of white supremacy and how that impacts BIPOC communities differently, but also similarly in some ways. I think often we don't use that framework to talk about immigration issues. We use a framework of talking about citizenship, but I really think we have to talk about the underlying roots of scapegoating, violence, and exclusion, which are rooted in white supremacy. So that's one piece of it. I think a second piece is having those tough conversations. We didn't have time on the panel today to really get into the differences within Asian American communities. It's such a broad term that we're already erasing a lot of specific experiences, for example, of South Asians or Southeast Asians or Pacific Islanders, and even within each of those communities, there's so much diversity and history and differences. So I think realizing that we often are in uneasy relationships with each other, just because we sometimes can act together out of solidarity doesn't mean that those differences don't come up.
1: 2021 was a transformative year. What lessons do you think we're collectively learning at the moment? And where is the point of getting uncomfortable coming from?
0: I think one of the lessons we're learning as AAPIs is that we should raise our voices. And I think sometimes where the discomfort can come from is a feeling that Black immigrants are really disproportionately harmed by the detention and deportation system, for example. So by... Highlighting Asian Americans, am I somehow taking away attention from Black immigrants who really should have the spotlight on them in some way? That tension around how much do we uplift our own experiences versus when do we take a step back um, and allow for other voices to be at the forefront and to be centered. I think some of the other takeaways is understanding where we are right now is a result of longstanding structural issues. So I think many people have said, we're not just trying to get our communities back to where we were in 20. 2020, early 2020, before COVID-19, this is really about looking at what our communities need long-term. It's not sufficient just to wind back the clock two years, but really to have a bold vision for everything that must be in place for us to thrive and flourish.
1: The conversation around COVID, now you're from the Los Angeles area, correct? Yes. What would you say was more of your personal experiences working with constituencies being affected within the past year and a half, two years?
0: It's really varied. I mean, part of it has... Been just trying to make sure that people have the economic supports they need to survive. Some of it was around fundraising for mutual aid projects and making sure that money got to immigrants who were excluded from various federal programs because of their status. I think also there's a moment at which many people were just trying to survive and trying to figure out how to do so and how to adjust to this new reality. And I think Now, as we're coming out of some parts of the pandemic, I think people are also trying to think about, like, how do we use this moment to really lay the seeds and the groundwork for longer term impact and longer term investments in immigrant communities?
1: Talking about those longer term impacts, longer term investments, what are the priorities on the table for you right now?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the priorities are around making sure that people have access to health care, regardless of status. I think if anything, COVID has shown us how important it is that everybody have that access to healthcare. Also making sure there's a strong safety net that workers no longer face exploitation or wage theft. And then also making sure that the systems that have still maintained a level of control over immigrants and other BIPOC communities, like systems such as like policing, the carceral system, that those continue to be defunded and dismantled.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to this podcast and make sure to also check out Momentum, our Race Forward podcast, our first podcast series, which I also executive produce. I want to thank our team at Race Forward for making this series possible, as well as the team at the National Partnership for New Americans. Stay connected to all our work at raceforward.org and across our social media. Until next time.